not that cat williams <laughs> it's, it's a radio another, personality it's another cat williams yeah it's, she's a radio personality <laughs> he turned on the microphone for nothing <laughs> there's a there's someone that goes by the name cat <laughs> williams that is not actually cat williams and how yeah. does she spell cat k-a-t that's so funny yeah. she's so sweet too is she's that been her on the name radio. yeah cat that's like that's Catherine. her real name Oh, she's yeah. smart. She yeah. was smart. That was a smart marketing move. Um, it was just a quick interview. I thought it was cool because I had microphones in a studio. And, Why did any of this happen? Um, to promote the the 5K that I planned. Oh. Um, so they were just like interviewing me. Uh, to see why I was doing it, and then the reason behind it, and then how to fundraise, and how to get people out there. I would love to know some of this because I don't know, like when you talk to me about this, I don't know what you're talking about. When you're like, I put together a 5K, I put together this like pre tailgating thing, this thing, this. I'm like, how do you even start to do that? And you, like, <laughs> honestly, I, I kind of learned this year um, when I started this new job, they kind of just threw me in the office and was like, yep, there's some folders on the shared drive. You can read through that and get to work. Your main focus is the walk, which is the ask 5K and a fun walk. Um, so first thing I did was obviously like look up videos of it, see how much we had fundraised in the past, what my goal was. Um, I had to build like a website uh, and like social media posts. Mm. So I kind of just like researched the company. Like my first week there, I honestly was just researching everything. So I was kind of just locked in my office for eight hours reviewing their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything online on how to fundraise, how to work for a nonprofit, um, all these things. So I kind of was like, I'm a logistics person. So I started with that. And I was like, okay, so this day, this is what I need. I want the kids to have fun. I started with the festivals. Um, it's a little bit different in the nonprofit world because most of it has to be donated. Um, a 5K actually costs a lot of money to throw. So we have to make it worth our while. So our goal was 185,000 uh, and I had 40,000 as a budget to throw the 5K. And that included marketing, all the activities, the MC, the prizes, all the communications. Um, so I just went into it logistically first and I set up the, the festival, a lot of like inflatables, getting discounts everywhere. Cause I'm like, it's for children with cancer. <laughs> Please help us. Mm. Yeah. So like I lowered our budget, which was pretty awesome. And then once I, I had all of that organized and good to go, then I had to focus on the fundraising aspect. Mm. So it's basically like you're a salesperson for the nonprofit. Yeah. So like I need to meet with sponsors, everybody in the community. Um, we also have 
had. I got to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when I speak about my last job, I say we. You know, we have this. Oh, yeah. wait. No, it's not we anymore. Um, I honestly, I still absolutely love ask. Um, what is, does that stand for something? Assistance, support, and kindness. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation. They just expanded to all of Virginia this year. Um, another really cool How thing. How did you even get this gig? Like, if you didn't have prior experience in this? Um, so I had some event planning. Oh, okay. Um, my sister has a startup prize, um, which is basically an app on your phone that your company can get, and you get points for not being on your phone during your work shift, and then you can redeem <laughs> them for prizes. <laughs> It's cool. You can get like a PlayStation. Why you get points for the amount of time? So you, you're like you clock in somehow. Like they know when you're at work. Like yeah. You, you, so you have the app on your phone. Yeah. And then you turn it on once you get into work. And for not using it, it has like a timer. Wow. Um, so they can do that. And then other companies like giving you points for stuff. Like say your focus. Um, is like upselling a coffee this week. So every time you upsell a coffee, you get five points. And then it creates like a whole profile for you that wow. your employer can look at and see, like make sure you're meeting goals and it rewards you. And your sister came up with this? Mm -hmm. And why? Was she like having a hard time focusing at work? Like what was the inspiration behind? Um, so actually the Great American Cookies at Fair Oaks was um, her and her boyfriends and also the one in Potomac. And um, when you're working for like a, a small little food thing, kind of like Auntie Anne's or something, your main employees are going to be like high school students after school. So it's really hard to get a high school student to put their phone down. <laughs> wow, this is yeah. so interesting. It's really cool. Um, she has like a, a TikTok and everything and she'll post like the prizes that they're winning. Like she has like accounts with McDonald's and stuff like that. Um, that was just so cool, though, that she was running a business. She has these kids that won't get the fuck off their phone. And she's like, how like she just I guess the inspiration, like the juices start flowing. She's like, how could I get people off their phones and just work? Yeah. And, and then the idea of creating some like creating incentive to do such. Wow, that's so cool. Man, the entrepreneurial spirit in some people is Amazing. crazy. Yeah. And it was really fun watching like how they, they set it up because it was like my sister and her boyfriend were both like feeding off of each other's ideas and like they're still in it together and they're like co-founders and they've done so much. Like now they have an office in Arlington and like a, a great building. Um, they are set up with different startups and they are traveling all the time. Like they've been Canada, Hawaii. Um, they entered a program in Puerto Rico that um, help them get everything started and investors and stuff like that. So they travel to Puerto Rico a lot and have a lot of accounts there too, um, which as a Puerto Rican, I really like because yeah. she's bringing like employees, marketing and stuff to Puerto Rico. Um, plus she gets to visit all the time. Yeah. Employees and, and marketing and she's bringing them or is she, she's like creating, creating, creating. Right, yeah. These, yeah. Because the, from the understanding that I get is, Puerto Rico is just another one of many places, probably sort of like the Hawaii where, um, you know, like it's kind of being colonized in a sense. And a lot of people are upset because of the amount of people coming there and like buying real estate and all this sort of stuff. And the people on the island feel like they're losing their land. 
Absolutely. Have you heard anything about this? Um, I could talk days about this, oh, but okay. uh, the, the main issue with that is the Jones Act. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a law in Puerto Rico that allows people to come to the island to, like you said, invest in real estate and all of these things and like big corporations. Um, for example, Logan Paul, he moves to Puerto Rico because of the Jones Act, because that means that they don't have to pay taxes. Mm. So that's a lot of. Money oh, so that's oh, that's the deals. incentive to go there and buy yeah. stuff up is you won't have to pay taxes if you do so. Yes. Damn. And it has to be somebody from outside the island. So. Yes, Damn. it was bringing people to Puerto Rico, but how how is it benefiting us? Uh, yeah, like benefiting. <sighs> Like benefiting the Puerto Rican. See, so when I went to Hawaii, I had this feeling going through. I, I, I had this feeling that some people were very, very happy that tourists came through. Probably because them and their families somehow did well because of that. Like they were able to start up a business or whatever. And now it's booming because of the amount of tourism going through. And then I also got a feeling that maybe other people didn't feel that way and so it's just about like who benefits and who doesn't at well, that, at that yeah point. so for example put yourself um in the shoes of somebody that has lived in say san juan for the majority of their lives or all of their life and this house has been passed down from generation to generation or they're paying a rent that's like 300 400 and all of a sudden this real estate investor from the U.S. comes not paying taxes, buys the house for a steal or buys the rented apartment for a steal and says you have 30 days to vacate or your rent is going to be $2,000. So what are they supposed to do at that point? So they're taking people's homes. They're destroying communities. They, um, well, I guess that's gentrification at, right? at its finest. Yeah, yeah. So, Because like, what's more beneficial to you as a business person? Having somebody live in your house for $400 a month or renting it out on Airbnb for $400 a night? Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, they're so slowly pushing Puerto Ricans out of their so, homes. So spring breakers can come and enjoy themselves yeah. down in San Juan. And don't get me wrong, tourism is great. It definitely brings like a lot of economy and mm. moves things along in the island. But at the same time, where are the Puerto Ricans benefiting in this? And I, I think mm. um, I was actually livid when I heard this. Um, but so a real estate investor came and his thought or like his justification of it, of like turning each condo into a million dollar condo was it's bringing jobs to Puerto Ricans because now they can clean it and do valet for it. That's not what we want to do. Like, are you kidding me? It sounds a little, just like when you say those words, did he say, did that person say those words? Yeah. It sounds a little. (laughs) I know. No, I was so mad. I was livid. Yeah. That's just like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just sounds a little insensitive like yeah and that's putting it lightly but like that's just, what it is though yes God we work in hospitality damn, so they can but, come clean it and, bro, and pull up my chill. car <laughs> go park my lamborghini like oh seriously no. yeah, that sounds a, man that's so weird that's so weird that that's how like capitalism works like you just 
Like someone makes money, they want to, they have incentives through the system to go somewhere and try to set up shop doing something. But that in turn is going to naturally push some other people out. It's going to create some opportunity from some other people. But it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's always so weird when you realize that in extremely beautiful, wealthy places, if you take like a left or right and you go straight for a little bit, there's a hood <laughs> just like just right down the street, Absolutely. like 13 minutes away, if even that far. And like you can always even, find, yeah. you can always find those places. Yeah. It, it's like La Bella. Have you heard of La Bella? No. Um, it, it's like big in Puerto Rico that we keep on telling tourists not to go to La Bella. It's in Old San Juan. You go down some stairs, but that is the hood. That's like the get like mm. that's where you get your drugs. Mm. You know, like no phones are allowed. Um it's not a tourist area. It's beautiful. It's like a whole bunch of like you could probably see it. And like anytime, like when you Google it, all the houses are different colors. It's a beautiful scene, but it's not for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they'll go down, they'll take their phone out, they'll get killed. And then all of a sudden, Puerto Rico is mm. the most violent place ever. Mm. We told you yeah. not to go. There's yeah. signs everywhere there that are like hand painted that say, do not pull your cell phone out. Oh. So why would you pull your cell phone out? Oh, man. Yeah, people don't know. They get that culture shock real fast. Uh, yeah. They just don't understand that every place is not the states. I was, was going to say America, but the states. Yeah. I, and I, even and then there are places in the states where you don't want to walk down the street exactly. and pull your phone it's out. It's disrespectful. Like, yeah, like, you know yeah, yeah. where you can't, like, walk down the street. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, well, I live in Richmond, and I know what, like, what streets to avoid. Yeah, you would think that some people have a sense like you just kind of that's what I was saying. Like you like I was in I was in Maui. Um, rest in peace, a lot of them. And we would be in the touristy part. Right. And we're, we're in Airbnbs. We're riding around the acai bowl shops everywhere. For $20. And, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everything's for a mango's $20, like everything. You know what I mean? And we just having a, a ton of fun. But then we wanted to go out and do some other stuff because. I wanted to have a good mix of doing touristy things and then just a kind of exploring and stuff. And I wanted to hike. So in order to get to some of the trails and the mountains that we wanted to get to, you were going to have to go through some some pelas. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you might have to go through some. But we drove through them. Yeah. We didn't get out the car and start trying to take Taking selfies. selfies. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So we drove through. But. As we started to, you know, like cross this bridge and like take this ride, we were like, oh, mm. Oh, this is where just reg regular people live. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. Like, you come to Hawaii and you just think, Hawaii, it's so much fun. Like, oh, the sun and the this and the. But it's like, no, wait, they have to. Where are the natives? Like, where, <laughs> like, where are the, the people that actually live here? And then, like, I, we found those and you just get the sense like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys are experiencing the inverse reality of. Yeah. Of Hawaii here. It's it's a little yeah. different over here. And I mean, the sad part, too, is I don't know. This probably isn't the case in Hawaii, but in Puerto Rico, again, like the Jones Act, like they're getting a tax relief. And then the taxes are so high in Puerto Rico. It's ridiculous. Um, like, I believe sale tax is at 14 percent. And then you have to also like factor in importing costs. So like a car that's valued over here at like 15,000. Um, now you have to pay for transporting it from the U.S. on a boat to Puerto Rico, paying docking, paying taxes. So it like bumps it up like six thousand um, dollars. So, 
we're living in the ghetto. This is <laughs> y'all this, are making us. Yeah, I was about to say this is interesting. And it, and it, what's more interesting about it is when you say y'all is, do you? What is the sense that you get from the taxation without representation there? Right, because you all are a part of the, un- the America. Like you guys are a We're part a of the United. Yeah, you're yeah. T- your territory. You know, you're not a state, but neither is DC. You know, so but DC gets to vote for the president. They do get the vote, but see, so this is the thing. So I've heard that there's a fissure, a chasm, and some people clearly would want to, and some people don't want to take that on. Yeah. So- what is, What is your sense of of that? Okay, so there is three main political parties in Puerto Rico. Um, One that wants to become state 51st 51st state. um, And then the other one that wants to stay a commonwealth. And then the third that wants to be independent. Um, Personally, I'm all for independence. I don't want to be a part of the U.S., but it's mostly because I think Puerto Rico has the resources and grounds to be able to do it on their own mm-hmm. um, and actually have a say in their government. So that, we can, we can elect a governor and our mayors and all of that, but we can't vote for the president, but the president that's in office directly um, affects us. So you think, okay, see, cause I haven't been, so you think that they would be able to do this because when you say, how is this helping Puerto Ricans like this Jones act and all this sort of stuff? Like clearly I'm thinking, why are they doing this? Like if it's if it's hurting the people, like clearly the government would, would like to corruption would do this. So it just comes down to corruption. Oh, the the government in Puerto Rico is probably one of the most corrupt governments there is. Um, so the Jones Act came from the political party. So the governor that was in office at the time that that was signed was the one that wants to become the 51st state. So their mentality was let us bring investors to Puerto Rico so that they can establish their business here, give them a tax break, give them incentive, and then they'll create jobs for us. Um, In reality, we just have the government signing all of these big contracts with um, American companies that are affecting us negatively. But since the government is getting money from it, they don't really care. Like, um, the electricity. So Loomis, that is an American company. We were promised that it was a private company that would finally regulate the electricity in Puerto Rico because, again, after Hurricane Maria, it was even more of a disaster than it normally is. So like power is going out all the time. Um, the bills are crazy high. So they hired Loomis. Um, and then all of a sudden... We get normal Puerto Ricans, like middle class, getting $600 a month electricity bills. And the electricity was out for a week at a time. Oh, no, you can't do both. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, my my, my light can't be out for a week. And I got to pay $600. Yeah. So while they're making millions of dollars, um, we're struggling to pay to keep our lights on. And it's sad because... We're going through like hurricane season. You still have a lot like of that. family. Yeah. Okay. And because um, you keep saying we kind of like your job ask. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you're here. Okay. Well, <laughs> in my podcast my studio right now, but, you're, but your Rico. heart is there, which is why you see, yeah, you still right. I go speak as for as the I people and you, you feel for them. My grandma's over there yeah. and my aunts. Um, how, yeah. how are they doing? Like, 
they are doing pretty well. Again, like the electricity bills are like kind of out of control. Um, the heat isn't like crazy right now, or it was, it was like in the 113 degrees, like it was bad. So imagine that plus your electricity is out so you can't turn on the AC. So like it gets bad, but they're, they're doing pretty well. Um, sadly, most of my cousins are here now. We're dying to go back, but we can't. Oh, I was about to say, sadly, like, do they like it here? Like, do they, do they? Like- I have some that do and some that absolutely don't. Um, Why don't they? Oh, I, I get it. Like, I. Is it the culture they don't like? Is- yeah, it's, it's a definitely, it's a culture shock. Um, I don't know. Like, I have experienced um, racism here. Mm. That wasn't really, it's not really a thing. Import- like, it is like a thing, but like not as intense as it is in America. Like I had never experienced something like that. Um, And to go somewhere where somebody didn't even want to talk to me, look me in the eyes or something just because I was speaking Spanish was like, whoa. Mm. Um, So like, you don't get that in Puerto Rico where everybody's a family. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See that, that's the thing when you come from a place where just those people are those people, as opposed to a huge melting pot where people from different cultures have to, kind of figure out like how to be around each other and accept each other for their differences as small as it could just be a language or like you eat different foods than I do. So now I don't like you, whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, that's very, very interesting. Yeah. But if you go to Puerto Rico, it's like Puerto Ricans. So yeah. It's like, just like, Hey, um, you're Puerto Rican too. <laughs> What's going on? Good morning. Yeah. And I, I think, um, it's just like a different culture and, um, I've been able to associate more with African-Americans here because their culture is more similar to the Puerto Rican culture than um, Caucasians. Um, Just because they're they're more welcoming, they're loving. We we're more closer to family. We help each other. uh, We share. It's like where one person can eat, two people can eat, you know, kind of thing. And that mentality. Um, And gringos are just separated they're all (laughs) in their own world like they they don't care about their neighbor kind of thing Mm, that's that's, does that make sense it's very interesting i was talking to this guy the other day and he said that he had hopefully i'm gonna have him on the pod at some point but he said that when his pan when his family was the poorest like they were the closest they were the closest they could ever be yeah and it's, it's not the same anymore now that they have more money um, and I would like to talk to him more about that. But I wonder, just as you're talking to me about this, I'm thinking about just jobs coming and industries coming to Puerto Rico and all this, all this sort of stuff. And I, you know, I'm not just one to shun the entire idea of capitalism, uh, but but there's something about people just having a simpler life. It just, it's like, maybe we're not going to have what you guys have. Maybe we're not going to all have iPhones with nine cameras on them. And, you know, we're not all going to work at the Amazon factory and all this sort of stuff. We're not going to have all of that. But what we can do, we can sustain on our own. Like We figured out how to live for quite some time on our own. And we're loving and we're caring and we're happier without all of that shit. It's like a generation thing, too. Like I was just reading that um, the new generations are trying to get rid of that hustle culture. 
mm. that, that was set by the baby boomers. So I think that's where it comes to that. They just want to make more money. They want to work, not a normal nine to five, but they want to hustle all the time. Um, there has to be a balance. I think uh, I am big on, yes, I'll work. I love what I do, but also there's so much more to life. Yeah. Um, there's so much more to just hustling and then dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <that's laughs> well, when you put it that way, exactly. yeah, yeah, it seems to make some sense. Um, like I, I get the <laughs> hustle and then if die. you're like super passionate and it's like, you don't have to wear the headphones if it's like uncomfortable or I just have a small head. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> they keep on falling. <laughs> <laughs> whatever's most comfortable for you it makes it feel like more i just like it yeah i just liked it because it kind of like it zones you in a bit more so that's yeah. why i like to wear them I like it. it's just yeah a little big i got you i got you <laughs> that's so funny the whole yeah hustle and die <laughs> i mean that's the reality yeah. like you know um we have all these people that's like the airbnb thing so we How's have it? all these investors buying up all these houses that are ruining the housing market just so that they can rent it out on Airbnb and keep on making like millions of dollars. But at the same time, I would love to live there. Like <laughs> it's like, Hey, you can't afford a house, but here pay this rent. That's like, I would love to know what, what they teach in business ethics class. Like as you don't have them, <laughs> you know, like as you're as you're going through business management and, you, you know, you want an entrepreneurship and you're you're learning about these things because you, you want ethics. You should have studied human resources. Uh, so you don't <laughs> you don't think that the two can coexist. Well, you don't think the two can coexist or I mean, they have to coexist because there's always going to be an HR department somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think they, they would clash a lot. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like like the inherent building the inherent occurrence of a business is going to cause some malware in in the society do you, is that you believe that like no matter what you do i don't do, think it should be that way okay i think there's think a way there, to do it there where is it's a not. way okay. absolutely okay um like you see all these new startups that have a good work culture they have balance they they find a way to still make the money that they want to make, but also treating their employees right, which is the main thing, right? right. Um, so if you pay them enough, they're going to treat your company like it's their company. They're going to give you their best performance and you're still going to profit, even if you're giving them some of your profits. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it can still increase it. It's like investing in them. I guess it's about um like... Uh People punch that thing all the time. Sorry, sorry. Um, My headphones are falling off. It's like, I guess it's about takeover. It's about expansion. Like to what degree, like at what point does you, the expansion of your business or your endeavor start to hinder or take away from other people's livelihood or just quality of life? I guess that's kind of the question. Because if you think about someone who's starting up, like if I want to bake pies, right, and I start baking pies in this house and start selling them out of this house, there's there's no, so far, ethically speaking, I haven't really broken any codes except for I'm just, you know, giving people Did a bunch of insurance? sugar pies, right? <laughs> My Geico's coming out. Did you get insurance? Yeah. <laughs> you need a general liability for that. You know? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, that's very true because then somebody, you know, says, hey, listen, I ate, your one, pie of your, made me sick. I ate one of your pies. But but see that's I'm just but that's protect but that's protection, <laughs> you know. But but I haven't taken anyone's land. 
I haven't like harmed anyone You're in not any bothering sort of way. Anybody. I'm not bothering anyone. But then the question is like, okay, now I have a lot of people buying my pies. Mm-hmm. So then I want to buy a store. Okay. Right. And then I and then I go and I buy a store nearby. So far, doesn't seem like I've done anything wrong yet, or have I already? If I buy the store, is like maybe was that store mine? Should it have been someone else's? Like or I mean, with that mentality, everything's wrong. Right, exactly. So right. So yeah. so I'm just trying to see how far we get. So now I buy a store, I'm selling pies out the store. I think you hit the the kind of like bad person vibe when you hire somebody at like minimum wage and overwork them in your oh. new store because you need a break. Oh. Well, well, in that, well, in that case, you may <laughs> not be able to even sustain because, because you also well, have to. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's a balance. So like give them. Cause people are going to be like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to make pies for minimum wage. Cause I'm going to go to McDonald's and make however much more, or I'm going to go work over here That's and get benefits. Small businesses. Yeah, yeah. Capitalism. Being, yeah, being an entrepreneur is very, very difficult. But I imagine trying to stay like ethically sound as you get larger and larger is is difficult. Like, there's a lot more you have to consider. Um, yeah, I think it's like thinking about it in the beginning too. So, if you want to be a small business owner, um, you need to be realistic about it. You need to know that in the first couple of years, you're not going to be making a profit, and you need to be mentally ready for that. Because I think that's where all the frustration, the breakdowns. Financially ready for that. (laughs) Exactly. And everything can come. So, yeah, you can hire somebody at minimum wage, but just know that you're still not going to be making a lot of money. Like, you can't expect a lot from them. You still have to put, like, your heart and soul in it. And that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of people can do that. And it's going to take years before you can actually be a business owner and take a step back. Yeah. I think, I think just owning your businesses. I think it's something innate in us. Like, have you ever watched Chimp Empire on Netflix? I haven't. You got these 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 chimps in the Ingogo Forest, I believe is called, and you have like the eastern chimps and the western chimps, and there's more. It seems that there's more than enough food. Like there's it's just eating fruits and, and tree bark and shit like that. Like there's more than enough, but there's but there's this also this need to expand. And by the way, the the colony doesn't expand past a certain number because once it starts to pa- expand past a certain number, they start to like kill each other. Like you, they like to stay within certain groups, like certain numbers, right? Um, You're always gonna want more. I literally just thought of Animal Crossing, and I was like, no, but I need more things. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, but I, but I just want to go. Like, we have more than enough room here and food here, but there's just like this curiosity, like, but yeah, but what's over across that hill though? Like, let's just go over there, and then you go over there, and you're like, oh, there's some pretty cool stuff over here too. Like, let's we can hang out here too. Can I share a monkey theory with you? But then there's another monkey also wanting to come hang out in that area from another tribe. And it's like, but you have enough over there and I have enough over here. But there's just something in us that now is like, oh, fuck it. Now it's on because of this other space that we both don't need. So there's like this this weird thing in us to just conquer and colonize and just keep on going and keep expanding and keep learning, keep innovating and keep. It seems like we can't Mm -hmm. stop ourselves from wanting more. It's very fascinating. It's very fascinating. I honestly. um my monkey theory is you know, monkeys are very smart. I think they are smart enough to be like humans 
But like humans set credit scores and jobs and they don't want that. So they have to act. So they're like they're really like the chimps from um, from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Like they're actually way, way smarter. But they're just like, That's fuck that shit. Like, let's just keep doing this. Right? Like credit scores. Just, just keep making the, just keep making the sound. So they think you're stupid. You just keep making the sounds, dude. Just keep making the sounds. Throw your poop. They're on to us. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and the crazy thing with the monkeys is like, because the apes eat the monkeys, which is wild. Like, the apes eat those little monkeys. What? Oh, yeah. They tear them apart. They chase them down. They tear them apart. Like, they're not some version of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they show chases happening and like just... They showed wars between the chimps. Like, you get to see it all. I love monkeys. Why would you say that? Oh, my God. It's the most... It's the most gruesome. It's the most intimate account, I think, that of chimpanzees that has like really been. Chimpanzees do it? They're not that big. I thought gorillas. What? Chimps aren't big? Oh, you Chimp- need to watch Chimp Empire. There, there are chimps that are, that are standing way over you. Well, I'm really short. Yeah, as tall as you. Man, you you're need. Tall. Oh, you gotta watch Chimp Empire. Oh yeah, your your idea yeah. of chimps. Yeah, they're not just like these I cute little things. Like they're they are savage, but they're also very smart and they're very social. It's fascinating. I want a monkey so bad, but I'm like, I love them so much that I'm torn in between. And by the way, when you say monkey, pets. you mean like these small little things that run around you. You're not I mean, talking about like monkey. a big chimp. Because those are two different I mean, different but like, things. I would like a little monkey to live with me and be my little pal and wear a backpack that has a banana in it. Like Aladdin had. You want like an Abu from um, Aladdin. I would like love a, an Abu. Maybe even like bigger. Maybe like a, a little chimpanzee. Okay, like Bubbles that Michael Jackson yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like Bubbles. Um, but it'd be cool to have an orangutan. But no, 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 no. So like a normal one that won't. <laughs> You're really in your in your head right now thinking about like, oh. That would be pretty cool. What would I dress him up like? I know. Because all I can Matching imagine is outfits. a little backpack with a banana in it. And I've always said that. This is Curious George? What's happening here? Oh, so cute. I have a Curious George stuffed animal. I, I love monkeys. Um, but like it's a mix of they need to be out in nature. But also I want to hug them. Oh, see, that's see, that's the thing. Is like humans. I want a monkey. Do you think the fucking monkey wants you? Like, but we're like, no, but I'm a human. I get to make the decision. You're mine now. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as coming into Puerto Rico. You're mine now. Like, you're my monkey now. See, this is why I don't have a monkey. Weird, right? Like, yeah, how we no, just, no, that's how we just exactly. like to have things. Like, you know, I, I want you. You're mine. Uh, yeah. I got like it. <laughs> cringe like a, a new shock, couple right? like you're mine yeah it's very very it's, it's weird we just we just want stuff yeah you just want stuff and like why can't i have it <laughs> why can't i have it i have the money i want it give it to me it sucks yeah right capitalism and like money gives you money is like their tickets you mean did you ever watch wolf of wall street i did <laughs> Fucking the, the police officer, they came to get him on his boat, on his yacht. And then they kind of got in like a little scuffle because he realized like he was he was like, are you are you trying to bribe me right now? <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they kind of get in like, like that little scuffle. Exactly. Word, so then he just starts throwing money at him. He was like, here, take these. These are fun coupons. That's what I call them. <laughs> fun coupons. And he's just throwing hundred dollar bills at him. <laughs> like, that's what these things are. They're just like some people see him as. These these pieces of paper just allow me to do 
whatever whatever I want. Like I can just I can exchange them for whatever I feel like. It's true what they say that the law is for the poor. Because you can buy yourself out of anything. <sighs> Gee, yeah, I know. Like if you just let your mind run with that one for a second. It gets dark fast. It does. Like shit, if I had the money. I would be going 90 on the highway, too. Bro, when when <laughs> when the idea of Jeffrey Epstein's island came out, my friend and I were talking about this latently on the, like one of the last episodes. Reason being because we both, I found out kind of late. I guess I wasn't in the chat that day and didn't get this piece of, this piece of information. But there was someone that I had known for quite some time was that person's brother kind of actually or a person's brother that I knew but that during 2020 quarantine hit people differently man I, I and I said this then and I'm, I'm not like I was the first one or the only one but that we were going to see the ramifications of quarantine for many 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 years to come but a lot of things happen. A lot of beautiful things happen for people. A lot of terrible things happen for people. A lot of entrepreneur, a lot it's of like, creativity, a lot of art, a lot of abuse in every way. It's Domestic, like drug, alcohol, mm, right? For sure. And so to know this person that was a prevalent figure in their church end up going to to prison. Because they were speaking to over like a thousand girls on this website that has now since been deleted. This website has been like taken down. It was called Omegle. Oh, shit. Omegle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's no longer a thing from what I understand. Uh, I did read an article the other day that they closed it down. But like I remember being in high school and middle school chatting with randoms. With my friends, oh, laying on the internet. Yeah, see, girls 7 to 17 were getting naked. Well, and, I mean, I was with friends making yeah. fun of people, so I didn't really see that aspect of it. But, I, yeah, when you're switching people, all of a sudden, like, a penis would come out. Or Oh, yeah, and, and they just, <laughs> there were just recordings, and recordings and recordings of, of like, oh, a thousand crazy. girls, and they were being sold to people that yes. were purchasing all this child pornography. And I'm just like... What a world. Like, how do you get into this world? And who who are the people like purchasing this stuff? And and how much money is involved in this entire ring? Like not just child pornography, but sex trafficking at, at large. You know, like how much money, how many billions of dollars are like circulating in this world that just keeps it running and it's like well it's a different it's, world it's, and it, i think yeah, like it's a whole different world that you don't even i don't I, just like you were telling me you, normal people will have these same exact thoughts but they don't have money to invest in it but then you see the rich people that actually have money and time on their hands and then all of a sudden they're so, spending billions of dollars in human trafficking so from what i understand or from what i've heard is when people say money changes you I think I've heard it better, which is just money helps you become more of who you already are. Like you're just able to exhibit that more. Yeah, a lot of us are definitely shitty. I've been shitty. I've been I've said things on this podcast that I feel like have been shit. I've looked bad like back and I've thought of all the times where my like ego has asserted itself and 
and I've just been wildly insensitive. Have you ever looked at a point in time? Because I just recently went through this and I just got out and I feel so light, so free. Have you ever gone through a time when you felt like you didn't recognize yourself? Like you're like, what that that was me? Like, I don't even like that's not that's not even absolutely that. See, I never had gone through a time like that, but I just recently got out of one and I was looking at the things that I was like the content I was intaking and they just like the, the spaces that I was in and how impressionable I am. Right. Because sometimes your ego will tell you that you're stronger than your environment and that these things around you are not impressing upon you. In such a in such a heavy way, even though I would I would uh, criticize other people for intaking certain information and not knowing that they're a product of that. While same thing is happening to me and I wasn't able to see it, but not being able to like remove your ego from just the observations of the world around you. So you're making ego based decisions like me, 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 me type of decisions. I had that issue. Um. You you say things that are out of character. You do things that are out of character. And then hopefully at some point you see the light. You like get out of the fog. And you're like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, how could I have have acted that way? Like, that, that was that was terrible. Like, that's not who I aim to be. It's a horrible feeling, but it's also um, great. It is. Yeah. That's why I have this on here. On the back end of humiliation comes triumph. Absolutely. Just the fact that you can take a step back and recognize it is oh. just so amazing because that means you're growing as a person. I know. I know. It used to be tougher for me. I used to have one like those moments and reflect on myself or maybe I would read something or someone would say something to me and, and I would reflect, introspect, and I'd be like, fuck. And I feel so bad I would like wallow in shame. And I'd be like, I can't believe I did that shit. And I would just feel so bad. I would like there have been times I've just sat in my house for like three days, like in a fucking hoodie, just like watching TV or something like that. And like, oh, my fuck, I can't believe I did that shit. Like, and I just I'm just sitting in it and not sitting in it in a nice, like healthy processing way. Like <laughs> this isn't there's no meditative state going on here. I'm just like wallowing in shame. It's gotten far better since then, mm-hmm. because now I look at it like. What would I want a friend or like what sort of grace do I give a friend or any human? I would want them to realize something and then be like, okay, all right, I did that. Now it's time for me to move on. Right. Like I wouldn't want anyone else to wallow in shame. I'm a human. So why would I want myself? Okay, I don't want this for myself either. I need to take my own advice that I would give to a good friend of mine or anyone. Right. So then now it's more so the way that you've put it, which is the the aha moment of fuck, I did that, is also the same exact moment of, aha, but I'm, I don't have to be that anymore. Exactly. Right? So it's like literally that fuck moment is the triumph at the same time. Like it's 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 one and the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, I had a therapist that I actually, I loved her. Um, every time I would bring up something that I did kind of like that and I was wallowing in it and I kept on overthinking and repeating it and cringing and being like, I can't believe I do this. She was like, okay, well, let's make a list of the awesome things that you did at the same time. Hey. So that you can realize that, yeah, that happened, but you can get through it because you did all of these other things. Was that hard at first? Or were you just like, man, no, fuck all the awesome things. I did this bad thing. Or like, were, were you like, oh, all right, well. Like, were you reluctant about trying to put the awesome things down? 
I was, yeah. I was. And I think that was, it was the first time that I actually had like routine therapy. So I hadn't really associated therapy with having like homework and like little assignments like that, that would help. Um, so it was a struggle at the beginning. Now with, with my new therapist now, as soon as they tell me something, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm going to do it. You guys have been right helps. so far. I'm going to do this. Yeah. 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 But it's hard. Like she, she made me put together a list too of like, characteristics of what I wanted in my partner. And then she was like, what does your current partner have that's on the list? <laughs> and I was like, well, shit, nothing. And then I broke up with him. <laughs> it was like an aha moment. <laughs> so now I also revert back to the list. I imagine, the I imagine that the list is like a girthy list. Like there must be like you're like 30 things. You're like list. 30 things. And you said this human had none of them. <laughs> the, with that, that can't be right. They have, they have to have like some degree of a couple of those things, but for the most part, just clearly not nearly enough to tip the scales in, in their favor. Yeah. 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 Um, oh my gosh. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> so, cause like I put things on the list because I think like that one characteristic is going to make you, kind of like more open to other things so like if you have a lot of self-awareness kind of like you said i can look back at this moment and be like oh shit i did this how can i be better um he was aware he did wrong but he didn't want to better himself so he had like one part of that characteristic does that make sense let's walk through this so so there's a human being and they would say oh they would admit to you verbally i hey i was wrong yeah, okay. or like a, a sometimes he he would apologize, but then it comes with a justification. Oh, oh see, that's not the same. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, see, that's not the so same. So that defeats the purpose. So you yeah. you're aware. Yeah. You're aware you did this. Absolutely, you can look back and you can see. Well, yeah, you definitely should have handled that in a different way. But are you going to? The ego's a tricky thing. <laughs> the ego's a tricky thing. Like tr- moving that to the side. I've been. Um, asking more and more people this because this has been one of the phrases that have interested me most about growth. What do you think it is to say one must get out of their own way? I think we're our biggest obstacles. Like you can get in your head so much that you're not even going to start something. Like I've been telling you for a year that I'm going to start a podcast, right? (laughs) And the only thing stopping me from starting a podcast is myself. Yeah. Yeah. No one's no one's waking up in the morning like, how can I stop Ivana from? It's like, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> yeah. If how you start how a can podcast. I stop her? From, <laughs> I have to sabotage this plan of hers. Yeah. No. Yeah. Never. It's yourself. Yeah. Just as I told my friend the other day, like, hey, man, no one's waking up in the morning thinking, how can they make your life better? Mm. Like, <laughs> no uh, one's no one's worried. No one's worried about that shit, man. Like, it's so, if it, so if it's not you. Then it's no one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tough break. Like, yeah, let's get after it. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was eye opening. And like to, to see the way that I would that I made the list. But if you asked him to make the list, he wouldn't have the same thought process I had when I was listing things it was also eye opening. It was, this is definitely not going to work out. We are just two different people. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I went to a place called Tuscarora Mill. I, the locals call it Tuskies. 
<laughs> I was like, fancy. Yeah, uh, beautiful place. But we went out for brunch on, on a Sunday, which was big for us because we had been working Sundays for like the past, I don't know how many years. Um, for me, like seven and a half years for her, four or so. Uh, so we were able to go out for our first Sunday brunch. Beautiful spread. It was amazing. We couldn't, I can't say enough if you're in the Leesburg area on Sundays, just try two screw a meal. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Anywho, and the people there are always very, very nice. Always. All of them. I've never, I haven't walked in there and met like an unpleasant person yet, which is huge for me when I go out to experience fine uh, dining, any, anything, you're right. Anything. (laughs) Um, and we were talking about what we think it really takes. Like, how do you, like, how do you intuit what a what a good partner is or like or that you're in a good partnership or that it's worth sticking around for when things are rough because it's not always going to look good and sometimes things look good but they're bad because you're ignoring things and sometimes things are bad but they but they're good because you're actually you know facing things head on and you're you're working towards something together and there's all this spectrum in between and and trust kept coming up like trust that the other person is is on board like they're trying to to do the right thing and that there seems to be this for me and my observation seems to be this balance between a good match because i don't think anyone can just work hard and make it where i don't think that any human being can be with any other human being that seems unsophisticated but i also don't think that any two people that are a good match are just going to make it in the long haul mm-hmm. so i think it's a, like a good balance between being a good match with your temperament and your goals and your values and then also having this understanding that we're here to work. Like we're here to make this thing work through time. And that's going to take vulnerability. It's going to take trust. It's going to take a lot of communication. And we're going to have to be on board. Communication. But that's like, like the main one. Yeah. So Definitely. so if, if you're with someone and they're just not willing to take accountability they're not willing to hear you out they don't think that they need to grow on anything like these types of things are the reddest of flags like i i don't you can't you can't make it that way yeah and i think um i stayed with my ex way too long um because i realized it pretty early on in the relationship that there was something that was off um And I think it kind of like really hit me and like the switch turned on that it wasn't going to work out. I did say like years after that because I thought that I could work on it and I thought that I could change him. But I I remember I had a full time job. Um, He had the same full time job. We both worked at the same company. But on top of that, I was also enrolled in college. I had my ulcerative colitis um, because I got diagnosed a couple months into our relationship, which being sick all the time is not fun. Right. That's and, the autoimmune. Yeah, yeah. It's like an autoimmune illness. So like not only is it like the main side effects, like I can't eat, I'm nauseous, I'm losing blood, diarrhea, like all of those things. On top of that, you have an overactive immune system that was just attacking itself and making me sick all the time. So I would have a cold like every other week. That's such a crazy like malware. Uh, yeah like, like it's you, you attacking you it, it's oh. ridiculous and like um it gives you chronic fatigue yes so i would I imagine exhausted. so i was working full time i had two classes that i was trying to get back into college 
Um, and then at the same time, like I would come home and I would have to cook, clean, do the laundry, like keep everything. And all he had was the same job as I have, but he was too tired to do anything else after that. So I remember coming home one day and I was so overwhelmed. I'm crying. And I tell him, I was like, I need help. I need you to at least take on some of these chores something, but I need help to like alleviate all of these things that I have. And his response to it was like, if I was attacking him and calling him lazy and I'm like, that's not what I said at all. I'm just asking for help. Mm. And the fact that he didn't try to just take a couple things off my lap and just be more understanding and be like, you know, you're right. I'm not doing enough. Let's change that, you know, and we, we could talk through it. You know, he could have calmed me down, talk through it. We can go back and forth and just figure out a new system because like this is our life. You know what I mean? It, it's me and him against the world. And if you can't get on board and help me to be able to go out in the world and fight and keep on going, then I, like, what's the point? Mm. Like, I can't go, I can't be stressed out at work, stressed out at school, and then come home to another stressful environment. Fuck no. Oh, no. There's a reason I had ulcers. I was so stressed. (laughs) Uh. And then, like, him taking it as a personal attack on him, when that's not what it meant at Mm. all. It just meant we're doing something wrong and we need to fix this. Mm. Um, Was just like, "Mm, I can't do this. Like, if your first thought is, I'm the victim, when somebody tries to communicate with you that's not it <laughs> that's, that's not it i know it <laughs> oh my goodness just you <laughs> just you explaining that whole situation is sounds so you, it sounds like like you're in like this fucking loop like you're in this hell of a like yes. purgatory like you're just like I go here and I'm stressed out and I'm overworked and I'm sick. And then I go over here and it's the same thing. And then I go over here and this is supposed to be home where I can come back and recharge and feel loved and, and rest and relax and, and, you know, get things off my chest and whatever. And then no, but it's not that. And I come here and it's the same shit again. And I, he's arguing with me and he's telling me that I'm calling him lazy and I don't appreciate him. And that's not what I was saying. And you're just in this fucking loop. Oh my God. And then you have that's to go exactly to, how it and felt. then you have to try to go to sleep, which I'm certain your sleep wasn't that great. No. And then you got, and I was exhausted and sick when I still couldn't sleep because uh, of the stress. Oh, and then you got to wake up and try to do you. it again. Oh, how long were you? How long was this loop? How long was you, were you doing this? Um, so I was in a relationship with him for five years. Oh my god! Oh my god! Stop <laughs> talking to me! Stop talking to me! Oh my god! Oh my god! This was this was this happening roughly the the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, it, there's a lot of like worse stuff that came to it that definitely when I take a look Whoa. back or like when I'm listening to to a podcast or like a true crime show, I'm like, oh. I was being mentally abused, um, which is is wild to think because you when it's happening. Yeah. Again, your ego is like that would never happen to me. It's like, no, you know, no, that's not happening. That's something that you listen to on podcasts. It's not happening to me. Exactly. And then you hear all the red flags and like you look back and you're like, well, shit. (laughs) It was kind of like one of those moments. And like, I'm the type of person that once I find somebody that's who I'm sticking with. I'm very loyal. Like I want a partnership. I want somebody that like my, my grandparents 
we're about to hit their 71st anniversary this year. You know, like I want somebody that's going to be through thick and thin with their me all the time. 71st anniversary? Yeah. How old are they? Um, well, my grandpa passed away, but my, uh, my grandma is 83. <laughs> they were children when they got together. Like, uh, like they, I mean, was it seventy-one or sixty-one? Yeah, I was 60, about to say like they, they like they were yeah like they were children. Like, no, like, it wasn't. It wasn't. Like they, they were. I know my grandma not, was pretty young, but math, she was but, working, and then um, she met my grandpa when my grandpa went from Puerto Rico to Spain for medical school. And my grandma is from the Canary Islands and she was working in Barcelona at the time. And then they met and they got married over there. Wow, that is such a long time. Anyone that thinks that they got something like solid, me included, at fucking <laughs> like three or four years of dating someone, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, here. Hoy hace 61 años, 61 years. Well, okay, 61. Wow. Yeah, because my grandma posted on Wednesday. She was like, today, 61 years ago, I was the happiest woman in the world because we were getting married before God. How well could you, I mean, not that everyone married that long does, because I'm certain there's just some people that just stick through it and their shit sucks the whole time. Actually, I've known mm -hmm. something like that. But how well could you know someone in 61 years, like of just living with them, creating a life with them? Like you must understand everything about everything, every facial expression, every muscle twitch, everything, like every Absolutely everything. They yeah. Um, wow. I think it was just amazing. And like my grandparents were the ones that, that raised me. Um, so I'm going from seeing like my parents divorce to then something solid like that from a very young age, it was clear to me that's what I wanted. Mm. And I wanted to be with somebody that I could build off of. And my grandma and my grandpa are two different people, like extremely different. Like my grandma was the disciplinarian. We're all scared of her. It's what Abuela says. Mm. And my grandpa was like, mm, ask your grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems to happen. Yeah, he was just the chillest, nicest, most amazing person I've ever met. Um, and he made my grandma a better person. And just seeing that effect and like when he'd be like, calm down, she would like take a breath. And they went through so much together, including, you know, losing their first child to cancer, which is one of the reasons why I got into the childhood cancer advocacy. Um, that was their, their first kid and she passed away, I think when she was two from leukemia. And they stuck through it together, had five more beautiful daughters, had a whole life together and were able to mm. overcome that. There's a lot of couples can't. That's tough. And like be supportive yeah. of each other. And I just think that's so amazing. Some people hold that, like somebody will hold a resentment, you know what I mean? And be like, that was, that was your fault. Oh my God. Could you imagine thinking <sighs> that? Like, like you already had like it's someone that, Die that was close to clearly both of you, but then you some you, you know there's some mixed feelings of like like that was your fault like you could have done better or you misstepped here or you didn't see this or you know you overlooked this thing or you weren't around enough or whatever the case is you know it, anger comes with grief and then yeah. you need to find a place to put that anger <sighs> and what easier place on the person next to you.
it's just, it really depends on how you process your grief. I think at that point, because I'm, I'm the type of person where I'm not going to look for blame in it. Like it happened. So from here, where are we going? So it's, I'm not going to, what if look back, this was your fault because you could have done this. You mm-hmm. could have done that. It's more like, well, shit, it happened. Yeah, I was Let's listening. Let's process this. I, I did listen uh, a while ago to this this divorce lawyer named James Sexton. He was, it seems like a really, really nice, <laughs> cool guy. Uh, and yeah, very ironic or coincidental, that's his name. Um, but he was on the Lex Friedman podcast and he was saying, it amazes me how how people can go from loving each other to the degree that they once were. Because once you're a diverse lawyer, you have to go through all like text messages, videos, photo galleries. You got to go through so much in a divorce, you know, Mm -hmm. over the course of sometimes years with people. And to see how much someone can then hate that person, just absolutely despise them and like do the best they can to make sure that they don't see the children anymore. Like you're never going to see your children or just try to make it as difficult as possible. Well, I think partly is because they make it so about themselves. They take it kind of like a personal attack. They kind of like my ex when I was like, I need to focus on my health. I need to take a step back from this and I need to, you know, like do this, whatever's better for me. It was a personal attack to him because he couldn't help me throughout this process. And that's how a lot of people take it. They're like, Oh, you're not, you're going to do this to me. Well, I can do it better. Oh man. Oh, that's just, Oh, <laughs> like my parents, I think they were in the same room for the first time in over 20 years when I was in the hospital, it was awkward. <laughs> Wait, the what? Yeah. So they, um, they they both live in Virginia now, um, but it had been twenty some years. Uh, bef- like they had been avoiding each other for twenty some years. Like they don't they didn't talk or anything, and they were finally in the same room together um, when I got hospitalized. Wow, awkward. That's also when I was like, oh shit, I might die. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is in. Wow. Yeah. Like what has to, what has to be done? That's what's interesting about time is like, it it just changes all like time just has this effect on everything. And you're going to, you know, you think, Oh, I'm never going to see this person ever again. Like I'm never, but you don't know what may bring you together. It may be life. It may be death, but like something, you know, just some weird cosmic bring, you know, bringing together, whatever. But that is a, seeing dynamics and relationships change through time is very interesting. People you thought you would never be friends with, you end up great friends with sometimes yeah. like that's happened to me before. I never thought you and I worked at Tivana <laughs> however many years ago that was. That was like eight, nine, that was eight, eight, nine years eight. ago. That's crazy. Yeah. And then because for whatever reason we followed each other on like snap and TikTok or something, there was a connect. There again. was a connect. Now you're here recording a podcast. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's weird that the story just continues. Yeah. You know, she just keeps, she just keeps going and you never know where it's going to go and who you thought. I used to have friends in one in particular that I, if you had asked me back then, I was like, we're going to be friends until we die. Like, I (laughs) will, there'll be nothing that'll ever take us apart. I was wrong. 
that friendship ended years ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- th- definitely no malice. I don't definitely not from my side. I know that. And I don't think from their side either. Sometimes you just grow but apart. Sometimes you just you just grow apart yeah. and you just couldn't see it coming. You have no idea like where you're headed, like where like what that is. And it, it's wild because I don't think you even worked at Tivana for that long. No, I did not. Um, I I was there for like a year and a half, I think maybe two years. And out of all the people that I worked with, you're the only one that I've had a little bit more contact with. Like I'm here mm. doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, like I'll still connect with like Ariel or Alan or something like that. Mm. And we'll talk, but I don't remember we, either of these people, <laughs> <laughs> but like, we don't, we don't go out anymore. We don't meet up, nothing. Um, crazy, but we did have a connection when we first met at Tivana, mm. we could definitely have a conversation together. Yeah. So that kind of like suck. Every, every job I've had, I have usually, yes, I have walked away with at least one human being from there for whatever reason. We just, we connected on some level and sometimes it, it took a long time for that connection to happen because maybe just the time we were not ready to be friends. Like we were not. It, I get that. Yeah. Like it just, it didn't make sense for us to be friends. But then later, but then, but that's also interesting is like when you kind of see something in someone, but you guys aren't ready to be you're not ready to connect right then and there. Yeah, like you're going to be part of my life when I don't know. Yeah, it's like but it's that, gonna happen. that's a fascinating, um, I guess, recognition in another person. Oh, man, getting older, been, getting older has been fun for me. I'm, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying it. How you, you I see you don't necessarily <laughs> share, share that sentiment. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, I think I've been aging pretty well, mm. I think. Um, I keep on growing and like figuring out more about myself, which has been really cool. And I feel like right now I'm at the point in my life where I'm the most Ivana I've ever been. <laughs> I think maybe that's what I'm talking about in particular yeah. is just like that you keep learning more and you and keep developing, g- developing and, and maturing emotionally. And, you know, and you just think who it's like, it's so crazy that I was that person. Yeah. And just knowing that if you continue to aim high, you're going to continue to feel that way. Later on, and be like, wow, I can't believe I, th- I was that person too. Yeah, like yeah. I'm actually, I'm happy with who I am yeah. right now. Um, it's been like a weird year, mm-hmm. which is also why I'm kind of like lukewarm about it. So I'm turning 30 in two weeks. And no, actually in a week. <laughs> it's weird because I love the person that I am now. I have been... Um, able to work on myself, become the best version of myself, be a kind person, which is always my main goal. But at the same time, I'm starting 30 with no colon. <laughs> and starting like, 30 with no colon. Two near-death experiences in one year. So am I going into the best era of myself? <laughs> my colon is like, girl, <laughs> you left me behind. <laughs> <laughs> life is complicated it's weird it's, it's complex um yeah. i also think it's a part of development though i think that's why i've been so okay with all of these things um and like been able to keep like a light-hearted humorous approach to everything since it all started happening in June is because so after eight years of having ulcerative colitis, 
he removed my colon, which removed the ulcers. So for the first time ever, I can eat. <laughs> oh, right. Remove the ulcers, remove. So now you you yeah. you can only not eat what you said, peas and corn, everything else that you yeah. couldn't eat before. Now you I can. Can't, yeah. So the ulcers, since they were open wounds, everything that I ate was going directly through my bloodstream. So I'm allergic to all the types of pollen. And uh, pollen has a certain molecular composition that is similar to the ones that some fruit and vegetables have because it's coming from like those plants. Um, So when I ate it, it would go directly through my bloodstream and the body would confuse that molecular composition and associate it with the pollen one. And that would create an allergy. So it would close up my throat. It would give me a rash. It would make me throw up. It was just... All the side effects. Wow, your body's just confused. Yeah. So the the interesting thing about that. It's like we're not even in taking the thing. You just think we are. Exactly. And it's when it's raw. So the the interesting thing about that that I just thought was like really cool um, was if I cooked it, it changes the molecular composition and I didn't get an allergic reaction. Mm. Which I thought was really cool. This is so fascinating. Right? So I thought that was crazy. But once they removed the colon, it removed the ulcers. So no open wounds, no allergies. So I've been able to start eating everything that I was before. And then I do have two more surgeries left that's going to give me the J pouch. And once I get that, I should be able to be back to my normal self of pre-diagnosis, which... I am very looking forward to like I'm looking forward to being able to go to the gym, enjoying my life, not being sick all the time. Yeah, I was about to say, is there anything like is there like a top three things that you really want to get back out there and do with your new life? (laughs) Yeah. um, So first thing is I definitely want to start going to the gym and playing soccer again. Oh, soccer. Yes. A big fan of soccer. Would love to start playing again. Uh, This one's going to sound a little bit crazy, but trapeze classes. Uh, I used to take trapeze classes in Puerto Rico, and it was so much fun. Hmm. Um, I felt like I was in a circus. So I want to start doing that again. And I found like some aerial classes in Richmond that I want to do like aerial dancing. Okay, so aerial, so that's like a, like, is that like silks as well? Like yeah, you're hanging from silks and yeah, stuff like, and like that? Yeah, like the hula hoop and stuff from okay, the ceiling. Okay, I've seen that. Um, so that. I guess the trapeze stuff I don't know so much about. Trapeze is, you know, like in the circus when they have the Like the, the rings? Well, they what? have like a bar and they'll like swing and then flip. And oh, you were doing that shit? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <sighs> I had uh, my little sister was a gymnast. So like I was able to see some bar work, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And some vault and floor. Like I was able to see some of the stuff, but just not in this way. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Like I used to do gymnastics. Okay, so um, and then I was a cheerleader for a long time too. So it kind of reminded me of that. Okay. Um and I know like after my first class there was like, Did you do gymnastics? I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You had a certain aptitude for it. Yeah. So and it's an amazing ab workout. Okay, so soccer, what would you call it again? Not just trapeze. What'd you call it? The aerial dancing. Well, no, aerial dancing, soccer. And, oh, trapeze is what it's called. Okay, yeah. And the other thing that I'm really looking forward to is being able to travel. Like I was traveling with the UC, but it comes with certain anxiety that I'm sure like people with Crohn's and ulcerative can relate to. It's just you go somewhere and you're like, where's the bathroom? <laughs> mm, I need to know just, where it is. Yeah, you just, it's yeah. in the back of your mind at all points in time. Like, like, I need an escape trips route. Like are terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Because like you can get trapped in there. And I um, had, there's like a certain percent of people with ulcerative colitis that have nausea. Like it's not everybody. Usually they just have the urgency to go to the bathroom. But I had the nausea one and it was ridiculous. Like I had a puke cup when I was in a road trip. Mm. Like it would be constant. And you have to wait sometimes like a hundred and some miles before the next rest stop. And it can be like taxing on your mental some health. miles waiting. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like to have the mental fortitude to like lock in and say, okay, we got that sign just said we have 98 miles to the yeah. next rest stop. Okay. And you feel like such a burden too because of course. there's like little things that people do that maybe they don't realize it, but like you hear it and you're like, this is my fault. <laughs> like every time we had to stop at a rest stop, my aunt was like, you're adding more to the ETA. You're adding more to the, I was like, I'm sorry, but like, we need to stop. Like, I, and like, I feel bad. I'm like pulling everybody behind. Um, like I know actually this year before I got sick, I was starting to get very nauseous that, uh, at the beginning of June, I remember we had my cousin's graduation party. So the day before I was helping my aunt put everything together, the decorations, cause it was a big party. And they sent my cousin to Costco to buy pizza. And like, I, at that point was allergic to cheese, like gluten, wheat, everything. So I can't have pizza. But one thing, weirdly enough, that I had eaten from Costco that didn't make me sick was their hot dogs. So I asked my aunt, I was like, hey, I know you guys are going to get pizza, but can you pick up a hot dog? And she was like, you're so sick. We're going to New York next week. Are you going to be sick then too? And I'm like, Dang. it's been eight years. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards, yes, I am going to be sick. You know oh, what I mean? No. And how, how do you feel about the idea of traveling alone? I love it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm so excited because now I, I can actually travel alone and I'm not afraid that I'm going to die and nobody's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> like I, mean, I mean, you've been in some shaky situations before. So, I, I mean, I assume that you probably have emerged like I can probably do quite a bit by myself. I'm un- indestructible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm invincible, bitches. Damn, man. That's the two that's, themes that's, of my birthday this fair. year. That's not fair for you. <laughs> Damn, man. People, that's rough. Sometimes you just can't see beyond yourself. It's the ego thing. Like you can't see beyond mm. yourself. Like to, you know, for them to sort of berate you that way, you know, and be like, "Oh, like you're fucking sick all the time." Like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's it's weird. But you because know me. I'm you know. always thinking about them. Like, oh my god, I'm inconveniencing them, and it's yeah. the only thing on my mind. And I want to do everything. To, like, people would bring stuff to potlucks, and I would still try it, even though I was allergic, because they brought it and they put in the effort, and I didn't have like the guts to be like. I'm allergic. Man, relationships like, are hard, huh? Because uh, <laughs> like, if you if you love someone, you you want to be around them, but then they just they have this thing that they can't control. But but and that's going to hem, hinder, put a damper on. It's going to create some inconveniences for you. It's something that you have to take a step back and really think about what you're saying and doing. Yeah, and it it can go so many different ways. So like with my ex, I felt unsupported. I felt that I was in this alone, which is shouldn't how it shouldn't how you should it. It's not how you should feel in a relationship. That was the words that I was. <laughs> I was like, you're going to get there. I was like, she's going to get there. It. Okay. Um, I should have felt a little bit more support from him. Like at least 
I don't know. I'm nauseous. Make me some tea, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's not unreasonable. Exactly. Instead, you know, I would faint and he would pretend to be asleep so he didn't have to take me to the emergency room. Yeah. Um, So it can go that way. (laughs) No, stop, stop, stop. You're not, we're not moving (laughs) from this point just yet. Hold on. Just give me a second to breathe. Just, just give me a second to breathe and just think about where you, (laughs) shut shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. It gets worse. Okay. How do you know? You said you would faint. Yeah, from dehydration. How do you know that he pretended to be asleep? Because um, after I fainted, I like came to and I was very lightheaded. And I was like, I'm not going to say his name. I was like, hey, hey, you know, but like calling his name. And he was pretending to be asleep. And as soon as I was like, I just need help getting up. Then he got up and helped me up. He was clearly pretending to be asleep, like clearly. And then it gets worse. Um, he helps me up Yo. and Yo. <laughs> he, he half helps me up because at this point I had dragged myself to the bed and had used it to lift myself like halfway because I was so dehydrated and like so sick at this point where my whole body was kind of like shutting down. Debilitated. Yeah, it, it was it was terrible. I hadn't eaten at that point in like a week. Like it was bad. What's um, a long fast? Yeah, and like so. Keep in mind during this entire thing too that if he did have to take me to the hospital, we lived right across the street from it. Literally right across the street. So, so when you, I'm not saying two minutes down the road, right across the street. So when you're not eating, because I brought up the word fast, so I, I do want to remark on this because I fasted. I've known people to fast mm-hmm. and, and do it in a healthier way right with like more thought towards it but when you're not eating for a week it's not like that uh banana bag you were talking about Mm -hmm. where you're still getting all this nutrients by taking vitamins and drinking mineral waters and also like what are you what are you ingesting in that in that week like how are you Uh, are you getting any nutrition so no you're clearly not drinking water which is why you're dehydrated that i think the the main issue with the uc and crohn's or what gets you or what sends you to the emergency room is the dehydration um because you can survive a little bit more without food than you can without water oh yeah for sure um but there i was at a point where i was trying i was even trying to drink ensure protein shakes but it would immediately i would just throw it back up um so like it wasn't even getting to the point where i was having bloody diarrhea because it wasn't like I was just throwing it all up. Um, so I was so lightheaded. I remember I tried to take a shower to like wake myself up after the faint or whatever. And he just stayed in the bedroom and my dog was in the the shower. Normally she like sleeps while I'm showering, but she was like alert watching me kind of like making sure I didn't fall kind of thing. Dogs know. Yeah, they absolutely know. Um, and then, so I get out of the shower and I'm like, I think I might need to go to the emergency room to get some fluids. And he starts bitching. He starts, I don't feel well. I have a headache. I'm coughing like if he had a cold. And I was like, well, okay. Um, well, then, you know, like give me a couple minutes. Let me go to sheets. Let me get you some medicine. I'll get you all situated, make you some soup, and then I'll go no. to the emergency room. So that's what happened. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Yeah. I remember, too, um, that was the night that they gave me Percocet for the first time and I had an allergic reaction, too. Um, So they literally told me, they're like, we can't let you leave here if you don't have like a driver. Because first, like we gave you pain medications. You're not having a great reaction to it. You need some help. You cannot drive right now. Um, So it's like 3 a.m. and I'm calling and calling and calling him until he finally wakes up and comes to get me. And the entire time, it was just me apologizing to him. Did he ever express to you that he didn't believe that you were in as much pain or that you were going through what you said you were going through? Did he ever express that? Like, you're you're overdoing it. Like, you're over... like it can't be that bad or like did he ever express anything like that um well he kind of like i remember um one of my friends brandy she asked him she was like yvonne is sick why don't you take care of her (laughs) brandy is straightforward she will tell you anything and then he was like yvonne is always sick yeah that's that yeah that's what i'm thinking is like is that he's becoming numb you know callous and he's just like oh you know She's, it's the thing, like she's going through, Yeah. you know, it, that's weird that that happens. But like five years into it, you should at least learn what I'm allergic to. <sighs> <laughs> like I know it's a lot, I do. And I know um, being Ooh. with somebody that has a health condition is, it's hard. Right. Not just for them, but for you as a person that's supporting them. Like, I feel like I take every diagnosis or anything that happens to me in stride, but then I see my mom and my dad, like, breaking down and crying. Because you have to watch somebody go through that and not be able to help them. Or, like, be able to help them, but just to a certain extent. Like, there's a point in time where it's just out of your hands. So, like, my parents would just have to watch me in the hospital bed throwing up. And I know that's hard. I know it takes a toll on you. But if you sign up for it, yeah, that's, at least put that's, in some effort. That's the question. Is I think s- some human issues when it comes to morality, which is why you know, psychology is always interesting. Morality, ethics, like these these sort of courses and philosophers, like moral philosophers, having these discussions are throughout all of civilization, throughout all of humanity and humankind, have always been interesting. Trying to figure out like what are the right things. What is because it's always a toss up. Like you never quite know yeah. when do you know, like when should I leave? Like when can I be okay feeling like, you know what? I love you and I thought that I could do this, but this is, I, I, I maybe this isn't what I want for my life and, and I feel terrible even leaving, but it, like, the more I stay here, I get more resentful towards you because i feel like this thing is ruining my my life yeah like that's just that must be rough for any person to go through when you have a sick partner oh my goodness it's also oh shit i i thought about it a lot and i think part of the reason why i stayed so long too was because of that because in my mind um he was putting up with me but in reality, there wasn't a lot to be like put up with. Yes, I was sick, but I'm a very independent person. 
Um, and him not helping me just made me even more independent. It was like we were in a relationship and I was his partner, making sure that he was being able to do everything and supporting him and everything. But I wasn't getting the same from him. You going to the store and getting him those things before driving yourself to the emergency room <laughs> is easily one of the t- top three wildest things you've said to me since we started hanging out today. You said a lot of wild <laughs> shit like that's 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 very wild so like yeah. and, and honestly i thought too i was like who else is gonna put up with this who else is gonna put up with me throwing up all the time yeah. um it was like a guilt factor um but then i realized like with my therapist and stuff that i got diagnosed in the middle of this relationship for a reason you know like ulcerative colitis is directly connected with like stress and i was stressed all the time and yes i do get easily stressed out but his anxiety it was like mine was feeding off of it it was when i'm in a situation and it doesn't go my way i'm like well okay let's take a step back and how to how can we change this what can we do and with him it was screaming and yelling Mm. so it was like constant panic that my i just couldn't handle it it was too stressful so when I realized that like five years in, I was like, okay, well, I need to get out. I paid off all of our debt together and I got an apartment site unseen. And that weekend I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm moving out. And also oh, he, he didn't see this coming. Another one of those stories. He, he didn't, but honestly, everybody else did. For years, people were asking me why I hadn't broken up with him. Like it, it get to a point where I was so sick that I couldn't like, you know, maintain my house, like sleep, mop, dust, all these things. And he wasn't doing it either. And it would get so bad that my mom would have to drive up to Fredericksburg just to clean my apartment because he wouldn't do it. How long is it? That's. <laughs> hey, yo, that's great. <laughs> it. If you're, if I'm dating somebody and their mom starts coming over the house and cleaning shit up, you gotta, you gotta reevaluate. He wouldn't even say thank you. Nah, who, okay, who's this guy? Um, (laughs) How long has it been now since that relationship? Um, Two years. Have you spoken to him since? Okay, so (laughs) I was, when I broke up with him, I, it was, a really nice breakup or I tried to do it in a really nice way. Like I took care of our debt together and um, like he broke down crying and I was like, look, we can either do this and have a miserable weekend or we can take a deep breath, be thankful, do all the things we love to do together, spend this time we are together and then move on on like a, a good term. So we decided to do that. I remember we did like a Harry Potter marathon. I baked a Harry Potter themed cake. Like we just relaxed all weekend and yeah, it still sucked. And there was a lot of crying, but it was kind of like mourning, like not, not in an angry way, but in Mm. a nice way. Just saying goodbye. Yeah. And I told him and I was like, look, I am going through much health wise. My biggest fear was losing my colon. And I could feel that I was headed in that direction and I needed to focus on myself, but I didn't have the energy to focus on myself and a relationship at the same time. And I kind of explained it to him. And I also, I let him know, I'm like, you could still work on yourself and we could figure this out, but I need you to one, go to therapy and start like dealing with your issues instead of just ignoring it. I need you to 
get some ambition in life. Like he was happy with just <laughs> clocking in at work, clocking out, <laughs> That's going a wild home. Decision. Well, hey man, I'm gonna need you to muster up some ambition. I'm gonna need like, you to. I'm gonna need you to want to do something. My thing is, yeah, there's so much more to life than just working and coming home. Hustle and die. Yes, exactly. Yes. I can't do that. I'm just. I'm not that person. I am. I love enjoying the world and everybody around me. I love meeting new people and he wouldn't let me like go out or anything. Or if uh, I would go out, he would show up. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like to the point where my coworkers stopped inviting me places because mm. he would always show up. Um, and he would show up in an Uber drunk as shit. Yeah. I was about to ask you how, what was the manner in which uh, he showed up too? Cause that definitely. Matters. And let me tell you, I mean, you, just showing up while, I mean, un. Unbeknownst you need to, you to get drunk wild? with your partner before you end up in a relationship because you need to see if your drunk personalities vibe. Oh, that's so funny. Because let me tell you the fight we had because he wanted to dance. And I'm like, bro, I'm posted up. Like, let me enjoy my gin and tonic and chill, bro. He's yelling at you because he want to dance. He was like, are you embarrassed of me? Why won't you dance with me? Oh. I mean, low-key, yeah, it was embarrassed of him. He was drunk as shit. But like uh, <laughs> the other thing is when I go out, I post up. I'm a post up bitch. Like, just keep the drinks flowing. I'm just going to sit here. Hanging out, chilling, observing, people watching. Yeah, I'll start talking to everybody. Like, they'll come to me and, like, we'll be like, oh, that's a cute top. And then the conversation would just keep going and, like, I'll flow with everybody. Like, my Instagram is filled with people that I meet while I'm out and stuff like that. And I just love meeting new people. And... I think it's everybody has their own world and it's like meeting different worlds. Yes. Um, It's amazing. Yes. And it's so much fun. And I couldn't do that with him because he was just focused on himself all the time from start to finish. Um, Damn, he he seemed very, very sad. That Like every time you like divulge some more information like through his actions and words that's why i was like he needs to go to therapy lack of action in certain areas like it seemed very um like broken he wasn't happy very broken and i told him that the reality is we are not happy together and we need to acknowledge that and do something about it we can't just keep on in this same cycle and both be miserable because it's not working um and Honestly, since we had a dog together, we, I, I told him, I, I was like, you can keep her for now because it seems like you need her a little bit more than I do. Cause yeah, the breakup was hard on me. I was crying. Like I was in Richmond for the first time in my life in an apartment I had never seen sleeping on a mattress on the floor, starting all over again, because I left everything there for him, even though I had furnished that entire apartment Mm. and everything. And he kept everything. And I literally just loaded what I could in my car. And that's what I took because in my mind, I had broken this, I had ruined it. So the least I could do was leave him with some foundation. So I told him, I was like, you can stay with a dog because you kind of need her a little bit more. But, you know, she's my dog, too. So we were going to try to split custody. And um, he started um, taking her over to me on the weekends so she could spend it with me. So we are still in communication. He started going to therapy. He bought a house. Um, and then all of a sudden he stopped taking this medication again. Once I we started like kind of falling back into like a relationship thing. Like he started spending the weekends with the dog. Um, 
he stopped going to therapy. He stopped taking his medication. The house that he bought, he said that he bought it for me so that we could have it together, but it was in the middle of nowhere. And like I told you before, I'm a city person. So before his house was ready, he actually stayed with me for two months and he just kept on yelling about how much he hated Richmond. And I was like, this is where I want to be, though. Okay, so you were entertaining the idea of like, okay, maybe this can. Maybe we can make it work. Because I see some things that you're doing. Yeah, he was putting in an effort, which is all I asked for, an effort. And, um, and the medication, if you don't mind me asking, that he stopped taking was for was depression, or yeah, something? yeah, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was still getting sick, and I still wasn't getting the support I needed from him. And I remember I would be sick in bed, and all he could talk about was what he was going to do with his new house when he moved in, and like this and that, and. Um, which is great. I was so proud of him. So happy. I was helping him like design everything. I remember I had started helping him paint and move in. Um, it was a very old house too. So it was filled with like mold and stuff, which again, you know, I'm very sensitive to. So I would always be sick when I was there. So I stopped going and I was like, I'm sorry, but (laughs) the reality is you didn't buy this house for me. You bought it for yourself. So you need to stop saying that you bought it for me. Just like own it. This is good for you. You know, just acknowledge that it was for yourself. Um, But what really kind of like hit me was I had a really bad weekend where I ended up in the hospital and, um, so, okay. So I am on Prozac too and I take it for my anxiety. It's worked amazing, but it was really hard to get in contact with my doctor. So when I ran out, I couldn't get a refill on time. And I am, my stomach again is very light. So I was going through kind of like a withdrawal of Prozac and I was like throwing up like crazy. Mm. So my mom comes down to Richmond and was there. I said his name, sorry. We'll bleep it. (laughs) I'll bleep that. Okay. So he was there spending the night with me and the dog and everything. And my mom was like, okay, well, I'm going to take her to the CVS clinic so that, you know, we can get her the medication, get her back stable and hydrated. And the CVS Minute Clinic said to go to the emergency room um, because that's the the quickest way that they can get me my medication. So we go there. And since I'm throwing up, they think I'm on drugs. So they put me in the psych ward on a hold for like 72 hours because I was throwing up and there was blood. And I was like, oh my God, like I swear I'm not on drugs. I have ulcerative colitis. Get me a real doctor. My mom was panicking in the parking lot because they wouldn't let her see me or communicate with me. They're like, she's on hold. Um, She had been yelling every time she called. So every time she would call again and the nurse was like, oh, you're Ivana's mom. She would hang up on her. So it was like 3 a.m., like I had no help and my ex would ha- he had done um, was he called me. He was like, hey, um, I need you to let me in the building. I have to work tomorrow. So I'm just going to go home. Um, so I went home <laughs> and he left me there. I had snuck in my phone in my yoga pants because I told him I was uncomfortable getting dressed and getting into the gown. And I'm like surrounded by somebody that's peeing themselves, another person yelling in their sleep. And I'm just sitting there like I just need a real doctor. Like this is like it's great mental health and everything. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't belong here right now. I needed a real doctor. (laughs) It's horrible. Like what I'm saying is... um, when people need it, it's amazing. But I didn't need it at that point. 
Um, so it was a very weird feeling. And I, they let me out finally when the, the psych saw me, he's like, why are you here? We need to get you some normal medical care. And I was like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to say. And everybody says I'm crazy. Thank you. Um, so they finally let me out like at 4am and I remember it was like a surreal feeling like you, you go through that and I was just trying to like process it, you know, like you're, you're in this room, nobody's believing what you're saying. You're throwing up. They keep on trying to give you medications that numb you or make you go to sleep. You can hear in the background, somebody screaming, yelling, the person that peed themselves right next to me. Like I, It it was a moment in my life where I had to take a moment and really process what was going on. And he called me the next day and was like, oh, you're out. Um, When do you think you're going to finish painting in my house? Uh, (laughs) I I remember I'm, I'm not a yeller. I don't yell. Like, I don't like I can argue with you, but it's going to be a normal conversation and we're going to go back and forth until we can resolve it. That's my style. But I yelled at him. I yelled at him at that point. And that's when I realized that no matter how much work he did on himself, entre comillas, like because he stopped doing it, (laughs) he was never going to start thinking of me as his partner Mm. it was always him and the person next to him Mm. if that makes sense yeah i've I've known people to to just have a woman as an accessory Mm -hmm. before and and to speak of them as such yeah yeah. and like i'll go out of my way see like paint his house but like he wouldn't do that for me kind of thing and i was okay with it at the point because i like doing things for myself but when you're sick like that you need to know that if something happens, you have the support behind you, somebody that can help you. And when he said that, I kind of just like lost it. It was like, I like exited my body and I was watching myself from afar. Because you had a I was, fucking out of body experience. I was yelling. I was like, you inconsiderate son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh I'm going through some shit. And then he was like, I told you not to go to the emergency room. I told you not to listen to your mom. You like, you should have listened to me. And the worst part in all of this is when I met him, he was the director of a suicide hotline. So he could have helped me in that situation. Um, Absolutely. The plot thickens. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a wild plot twist. I remember then um, I called him and I was like, look, I know we're trying to work on things, but I can't do this anymore. I can't. And I was like, it's just not working out. And he was like, okay, well, can we do like we did last time? Let's at least say goodbye. So I was like, fine. Yeah, you can come over. We'll have dinner, whatever. Um, So keep in mind, I have all my allergies and this guy makes lasagna. Um, (laughs) And like, I didn't want to be rude. No. And he put like bacon grease in it and shit. So I'm not trying to be rude. So I eat it. So obviously, like 30 minutes later, I'm like puking my heart out and he goes into the bathroom and holds my hair back. And I was like, do you realize that in the five years we've been together, this is the first time ever you've done it? First time ever you've tried to help me. You've held my hair back. You've gone to the bathroom while I'm getting sick to make sure I'm okay. in five years. 
I was like, this is why it's not going to work. He started having like a panic attack. Him making lasagna is crazy. And then he started like hyperventilating and like ugly crying and red and was like asking me for another chance. And when I said no, he like completely shut down. Like he stopped crying. He stopped the tantrum and he was like, okay. And he put the dog on the leash and he left. Um, and then I would text him to see like if I could pick up the dog or whatever. And he started ignoring me and then he blocked me. But again, we worked at the same company. So I, I remember I IM'd him one night and I'm like, hey, I get out at seven. I'm going to pass by your house and I'm going to pick up the dog for the weekend. He didn't answer, but he saw it. Um, and then I show up at the house after my shift. Everything pitch black, dog not even in the house, ignoring my calls, ignoring my text. So like after that, he has not let me see my dog again. It's been two years. She's still my background. Wow. That's my baby. <laughs> I'm uh, horrible with, um, is that Labrador? She's a lab pit bull. Oh, I got it. I got yes. It. Well, I'm, I'm terrible with Her name is that, Matches. That meant a lot. Matches. Mm-hmm. What a story. Yeah, there's a lot of other wild things that I'm happened with it. him. I'm certain. Which are embarrassing and just like horrible. I think in our relationship, I didn't really drink a lot because he would drink to get drunk and not to have fun. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're vibing, you're just there like slowly sipping your drink. Um, he would start the night with taking like a bunch of shots. So he was fucked up. Yeah, he was trying to. He was trying to. He leave. was in bed by eight. Like He was, he was trying to leave yeah. this planet. He was trying to go somewhere else. Yeah, it was horrible. Like, um his birthday uh i think it was like three years in three or four years in um we had invited his parents to come down to fredericksburg for dinner and uh his dad had gone to college in new orleans so i picked like this new orleans bistro which um the bistro in fredericksburg shout out they're Mm -hmm. amazing they're so good if you want some good like food like red beans and rice that is where you need to go Mm -hmm. alligator bites top notch so i took him there so that he could have like a hurricane how do they make the fried alligator bites i hear it tastes kind of like roughly like chicken yeah okay yeah it's really good they have like this sauce it's amazing i always do brunch there with my friends Mm. um they're great and they have live jazz Mm. it's it's Mm. it's a great place and locally owned um so we go there Funny enough, like I'm like, I know the owners now and like the regulars and the employees and stuff like that. But before I didn't. So I I take his family there. At that point, um, he had been hanging out with his brother all day. But even his brother was like, I'm a little bit too high to see my parents right now. So he bounced. um, And then in the time it took me to like go into the bathroom and do my makeup, which I don't really wear makeup, as you can see. Like, so I was just putting on lipstick and a little bit of blush. He had um, chugged this bourbon that him and his brother, this expensive bourbon they bought to like celebrate his birthday at ABC. So he was drunk as fuck because he like chugged like a glass of it. Um, Would he drink alone? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Because I I wouldn't drink with him because I would just get irritated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so we get to this place and he's just acting weird. Um, 
just saying inappropriate things and like his dad is like whispering to me like what's wrong with him and i'm like oh he's just a little bit tired <laughs> you know like the food comes he starts like grabbing his mom's food with his hands and stuff like that and i'm just like embarrassed and throughout this entire time he was going to and from the bathroom and then in one he comes out of the bathroom and his pants are down oh yeah like by his ankles like, like it was mean? like by his knees <laughs> like he I mean? forgot to button and zip and i was mortified oh my god i was like i'm taking this food to go because i'm still gonna eat it because it was that good guys um and i was like we're gonna go home now and i like even his parents were like you're embarrassing like you're embarrassing ivana stop stop you know like relax I remember we got home and this whole thing maybe took like an hour and a half. So in an hour and a half, he was so drunk that when we got home, he was puking. Like it was that mm. bad. Yeah. Yeah. The alcohol thing is interesting. Um, I just got done reading a book about it and just like the pivotal point that it's or the pivotal role it's had in civilization since humans ever existed. And or since we came across it, but just in talking intoxicants in general, but that it seems like in places where they adopt a a culture where you drink with your meals, you drink alongside other people so people can kind of see we can self we can monitor each Balance. other like you have peer you have peered mm-hmm. uh, monitoring going on. And and also distillation is very new in humanity. So wine and beer have been along for a very, Ever. very long time. And they're usually very pretty watered down compared oh, to what it is now. Fun fact, I heard, I think it was in France or Italy or something. Like back in the day, um, you could get it in the cafeteria at school. Mm. Like so that it was something that from a very, very young age yeah. you were accustomed to. Yeah, it's just they people do things very differently. But when you start doing, that's why I asked if he drinks alone. Like when you start Drinking alone and no one's there to see what it is you're doing. Nobody can monitor things. You're numbing yourself. And then and then you're also someone that indulges heavily in liquor. Like that's when things get because then you you get fucked up so fast. So, so fast. fast. Yeah. Like and I, I'm the type of person. Yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. My tolerance is high. Like mm. <laughs> just like right it's in off the, the blood. Bat. <laughs> it's in the blood. That's hilarious. Um, but I'm also again like I'm a post up. Like I love chilling. Um, it will take me hours to get drunk because I am literally just relaxing, slowly sipping my drink and just enjoying it and and the people around me. And I have a rule that if I'm sad, I don't drink. I only drink when I am having fun out with friends. Um but he would just do it all the time to the point where he was numb. Like he couldn't just have a glass of wine with dinner. It had to be a bottle, mm-hmm. two bottles, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, you know, when people ask me about reading books, it's this funny thing because people think that, um, I mean, cause it can be both these tools of playing video games, reading books, drinking alcohol, whatever it is that there is a form of escapism mm-hmm. in it. And also, at the same time, there's this form of of integration, right? So you can be having a great time with your family or friends and sipping and enjoying each other's company and having great conversations. And you all are integrating in a way that is sometimes through social anxiety can be very difficult. So Mm -hmm. acts as a social lubricant that allows you to integrate. Same thing with video games. Like You could use it to escape or you could also like really be enjoying it and be learning from it with like... uh, 
you know, just just the different thought processes that your mind has to go through to achieve things in some video games. Like you have to read a lot of things. You have to. Oh, you, you have don't fi- skip tutorials? You, nah, I'm <laughs> reading stuff. Even just like walking by, you know, picking up letters and like reading <laughs> diaries of people. Like I you're like the, playing you're the like story. That, that takes all the side quests. I'll read. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm taking all the side quests. Um, you know, in, in reading books, some people love when they talk to me about reading books. They're like, oh, I just love to escape in, a, in another world and all that and then there are that's other what people I that, use books right exactly and then some people are like no I, I think that it helps like I like to integrate myself in the world that I'm in in the book and like I pull things out of the book and I find things in the book and it's more of an integration than it's it is both, like an escape yeah. you know what I mean so it's, yeah, it's, like it's my a sister is thing. that way and I'm the the escape way right so like she'll recommend books and I'm like if it betters me I am not reading it mm. <laughs> But in the best way. <laughs> right. So that's so that's kind of this thing. So it is interesting. Um, I see what you're saying as far as getting drunk with your with your significant other and just like understanding the vibe. Like, why are you doing this versus why am I doing this? Yeah, like, what, you need to be able to be compatible. Like, I'm the happiest drunk ever. Yeah. Like, I'm always just giggling, having fun, meeting new people. Yeah. Um, I'm not like crazy on the dance floor let's do shots kind of thing but i'm more like that chill you can always talk to person Mm. and he was just the fucked up one that gets kicked out of the club yeah there's this never want to be the one that gets kicked out of the club we all know the feeling of being out in an establishment that has alcohol Mm -hmm. and somebody walking in that bitch or walking around there and you're like oh god yeah. Like you don't like know if they're you don't know if they're about to start a fight. Like yeah. can, they're just volatile. Like you just don't Everybody know. Everybody's like, like like walking on at yeah. Shows. Like you don't know if they're gonna start a fight. You mm-hmm. if they're about to shoot their shot with someone, like try to proposition someone that they find attractive. You're like, oh my god, this could go so bad. So bad. Like if this person doesn't want anything to do with them, which they most likely won't because they're walking around like a drunk zombie. <laughs> like if if they want nothing to do with them, this could go left so fast they might. It breaks some shit. They might start yelling at the person. Well, fuck you too, then, bitch. But like, you don't. We yeah. don't know. So everyone is on edge, like looking at this person. Like, okay, like let's see where this is gonna go. Do we need to go jump on this guy right now? Like everyone is like trying to find an exit strategy, or do we fight? Do we? It's like when you see those. You're people, attached to that person, so you oh, have God. no exit strategy. Yeah, see, when you, you have to make sure they make it home. See, when you're <laughs> the person that's with that person, that's the, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I've been that person. And you're just in the back, like I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some memories. <laughs> yeah, I got some memories now coming back. Yeah, friend of mine for sure. Um, yep. It was tough. It, this thing would like you would see his eyes glaze over, and like well, as soon as that. Have happened, you seen the Murdoch murders on Netflix? No. Um, I know you're heavy into true crime, true crime, yeah. and conspiracies. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I just like it reminded me of when they started talking about the son that when he was drinking, he would get like a glazed look in his eyes, and it was like he was a completely different person. Have you? Seen, I mean, you must have seen that. Like you, you're looking at someone, and it's the eeriest thing because. Whatever was back there is like it's not there anymore. Like that, he would stand in a different position. Oh, see, see. so I could always tell, and like the way that he talked um, would change. He would, he would get very irritating. 
very irritating. And he would always, so I would know he was drunk when he started steering every conversation towards himself. Um, like, I think we were talking about like our childhood and I was like, yeah, you know, like my parents got divorced. So like, I didn't really like my dad wasn't a big part of my life growing up. And then all of a sudden he was just like, yeah, my childhood sucked. My dad was a lawyer and he worked a lot. Um, my grandpa raped me. Oh yeah. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was about to say this whole time. <laughs> I'm like, it hasn't come up yet, but there, the, the things you're talking about, this person exhibited, there was some dark, dark shit that took place. Like it just, it just was like, these aren't normal toxic things. I think too, it depends on like your parents. Cause so his dad, sweetest guy in the world his mom was more like him and i slowly started seeing it it was like i first gave him a chance because i think it was like on our third or fourth date or something um i went to drop him off and his parents invited me in and we were like pumpkin carving and he just treated her in such an amazing way Mm. like it was always like trying to make her happy he's like what do you want babe and like it was just this relationship that like you could feel the love and i was like this is what i want this is what i'm looking for um but like the more you kind of got to know him it was her bossing him around so in the relationship it was like I was dead and he was his mom and he was just like trying to boss me around and tell me everything that I needed to do to make him happy. But he didn't want to hear how he could make me happy. Yeah. It it was like a weird disconnect. For sure. Yeah. He thought you were supposed to be in servitude. (laughs) Like just, yeah, just, just in, in some people really see things that way. Like that is their view on things. Like for real, like you're supposed to be subordinate. You're supposed to be in service to me. And, and, and not the other and, way like, around. I don't mind that. Like my my love language is like acts Gift of giving. love and you know and so like I'm always that person, like I'll be in the supermarket and like I'll see something that he once mentioned he liked and I'm gonna grab it just to make him smile, you know, like it's a dollar, two dollars, just to make him smile because I got him like a nice drink. But th- those thoughts never occurred to him. And it's it's the little things. Mm-hmm. It's the little things, yeah, that make you be like, oh, he's thinking about me. Like, not just giving me flowers after a fight. It's a beautiful two-sided coin of consciousness. Like, consciousness is beautiful in that we can think about these things and have these very complex conversations and innovate to the level that humans have. And then there's this whole other side of, like, now we're also trying to avoid ourselves. We're trying to get away from ourselves and what all of this consciousness brings to us, all these thoughts that just barrel down on us and keep us in these very dark places where we seethe with anger and uncertainty and fear and and you know self-loathing and all these all these sorts of things so it's um it's it's very difficult for people to get away from their minds like and not even to get away from that's because that is the the escape right that is the well it's not that hard because i got this bottle right here but it's to integrate. So again, not to escape, but it's very difficult for people to integrate with these with these thoughts, to integrate with their consciousness in a way that is like that is healthy, that is tame. It's it's hard for people to tame their minds. That's really what it is. It's just very, very difficult to tame the human mind. And some for some people more than others. That's the thing. Like some people have an aptitude for it, like there's an aptitude for everything. 
You know, some people are just better basketball players than other people. Some people can just have better focuses in, in certain things. And then you can just like the matching couples up in, but also knowing that you're going to have to have a certain work ethic to make that, that relationship work. You have talent and you have skill in something and you can work really, really hard for something and not have the talent. And maybe sometimes that those people will outwork talented people that don't do any work. And sometimes just kind of talented people that do a little bit of work will can outweigh the people that work really hard in something. And it's, it's just very, very weird. When my brother went to school, when we were in school, it was very, very easy for him to just pick up information. He didn't. I didn't see him at home studying and shit. He just went to school and then he came home with A's and B's. And I'm like, how are you doing this? Like how? Like, it was why, the like, same way. How yeah. the fuck is this so easy for you? I don't understand. I could not do that shit. And to me, I don't understand how you couldn't. It, like it's like both sides of it because it, it's so. I lacked like, focus. I could like I wasn't. I literally interested. just said that an hour ago in the class, Earl. Like, come on. I was like, dude, I was talking to and her. It made like, sense. I'm, I was. I was not <laughs> listening. Like, I'm. To me, if it like logically made sense, like math, mm, it was, was so like, easy. Oh. Like. Because it made sense that two minus one is one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. So if it made sense, it would stick. All I needed was an explanation of why this is what it is. Yeah. And then it would just stick from there. And so when it comes to taming the mind, there are people that have a certain aptitude for like stillness and, and focus. And then there's people where it's just, I can't study it's just yeah, I was about to say, it's much harder for other people to do that. Like, I'm trying to study for my real estate license right now. And it is so hard. Like mm. if I was just in a classroom, it would probably be a lot easier. Are you interested in the material? Because sometimes How I feel like that's the interested in square feet. And that's, like, <laughs> that's, what I'm, see, that's what I'm talking about, you know, because uh, I feel like if you're not interested, that's what makes it so much harder, because the things that I'm interested in, it's very, very easy for me to get into but like I'm interested in real estate I am it's just these back end things yeah like nobody is gonna ask you once they purchase a house in two years on my 13th payment how much percent of interest am I paying like nobody's gonna ever ask you that you're, you're interested in the getting to know people talk to them be a part of their life get them the, mm -hmm. the story like you're interested in that you're interested in people and well like helping half people. of it yeah the other half is I want to flip houses too and do interior design. Yeah. So this is kind of like a a back means or like a way into that world mm -hmm. to then do what I actually like. Yeah. It rem reminds me more of like event coordinating, which is what I do. Did you ever see the movie Jungle? The, I'm asking you about mad movies today. Um, you are. I, I this this has this this one is more of an indie. It's starring Daniel Ratcliffe, who was Harry Potter. Love him. Uh, except now he's a grown man in this movie. He's so funny and everything after Harry Potter. <laughs> I know he got out. He was just like, please just let me play something else. I'm sick of being this he's little fucking Harry wizard. Potter, and I was like, how are people going to take me seriously now? Like, but but he did really, really good, like very well in this in this movie. But he was this sort of explorer, you know, young 20 something or maybe, you know, latter 20 something maybe early 30s but he's one of these backpackers like one of these adventurers that loves to go off into different parts of the country and all this sort of stuff and you can tell he's been doing it for a while and he finds himself somewhere in this fucking jungle with these people they get split up and then the movie starts 
and he just has a rough go of it, to say the least. Um, finds himself in quicksand at a certain point in time. That scene seemed very real Did and visceral. Did you think that quicksand was going to be a larger problem than it actually is growing up? Because I did. Quicksand was in every cartoon. <laughs> like, I thought did, I was going to run into quicksand like, every other day. No? <laughs> is it just me? Did you think it was going to be a much larger problem? You know, like piranhas, <laughs> like quicksand, oh, traps. Like sticks of dynamite. Yeah, just laying around. Just Scooby-Doo just for a while. Oh, shit, the stick of dynamite. I thought criminals were going to have masks oh, on. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny, man. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, now in this day and age, a lot of criminals do wear masks because you don't know. <laughs> they could just be like, COVID. And they just walk around. The real monsters are human. You know? Um, but either way, he goes through just the worst, the worst of things. I mean, clearly malnourished. He, he's, you know, being chased by fucking mountain lions and shit. He's got to fight off mountain lions. They're fire ants finding him and eating him at night. There's just like he's going, he's becoming emaciated through time, hoping that someone's going to find him. Mm-hmm. Won't ruin it for anyone that wants to watch the movie. Amazing movie, Jungle. Anyway, but at a point, Towards the end, he finds himself on a beach and he's looking up and there's no light pollution at all wherever he's at. And he's looking up at these stars and all the the greens and the purples and blues and everything up there. And he looks up after having the worst couple of weeks or so ever and just says, thank you. And I took that to heart. This this idea of, okay, you know what? I thought that I was everything. I thought that I was this big, strong person that could just roam this world and do whatever they wanted. But the locals that live near this jungle never come in here. Only like the guides that know exactly how to get to one place to like get some resources and go right back into town. Hey, there's a reason. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason. But here I am from wherever the fuck I'm from coming over here. From in, Hogwarts. In, from Hogwarts. Now I'm in a jungle. I don't got my wand on me. No cloak of invisibility. <laughs> Olivia, say yourself I, out of this. I'm just in this bitch. <laughs> and you, and you, there's this sense of deep, deep, the deepest of humility looking into the cosmos. And you're just like, thank you. Like, I love the that. way I interpret it, just thank you for this moment, I guess. Like, I've, I've been through all this. Just thank you for a moment. Thank you for a just a moment of grace in you kicking my ass. Th- just thank you. And I think that in order for us to get further away from all this turmoil that just has a, a, such a grasp, such a, such a grip on us constantly, we have to look past ourselves. And I'm not saying that you need to go just pick up whatever religion, you know, I'm just saying. There's got to be something bigger than you. Like you have to get outside of yourself. A lot of these things that we've been talking about today have just been about me, 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 me. And as long as you're just in there, I I just imagine, especially from first person experience, uh, because I've been this person, it, it just you get in the way and you just fuck shit up every time. Every every time I hear about people that do things at a very, very high level, they often express immense forms of gratitude and thankfulness in that, and a lot of them will express anytime greatness is taking place, I wasn't doing it. 
I wasn't a part of that. I have to get out of the way in order for this to happen. But every time I try to insert and assert myself thinking, oh, I can do this. I can. I'm great. I'm me. I can. It goes to shit. And I think we've seen that with artists. You know, none come straight off to the top of my head, but I think when you start to drink the own drink your own Kool-Aid, like, oh, I'm great. You know what I've achieved? You know, I've done this and that. I've written this song or I've done this, whatever the case is, then you start to believe that you're great all on your own. And you stop putting in the hard work and like the, the, the necessary oh my God, Bad Bunny. in reverence. Oh, no. Wait, what? Um, so the last CD, I don't know if you've heard. I haven't listened like, to the last one. It, it's not as good as his other CDs. And I think, too, it, it comes down to I can't really. He's not trying so hard. He's singing a lot about how he's a success, how he's the best and how he's rich now. And like, I can't relate like great for you, but I can't relate. See, see, so so you pulled one out. See that this guy, like the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Cause and Mm. it's it's not like a bad CD either, but it's not his best work. Mm. And you can definitely tell he's not putting in the same care and effort that Mm. he was at the beginning where where the CDs were something where you were hearing them all the time. And every single song track after track was just like, Amazing. Does it make you sad? Did you like him a lot as an artist? Yeah. My first song was Soy Peor. That's the that's the one, that's that, one. that I heard. Yeah. And, and honestly, when Bad Bunny first came out, I wasn't a huge fan of his music. I think I really started to respect him and actually listen to him more after the protests in Puerto Rico. Because he showed up there. He showed up for us. And just seeing somebody that cares about Puerto Rico as much as I do and that is intelligent enough to fight for the right side and to actually do something about it and just not send love and prayers, (laughs) you know, I thought was really awesome. So then that's when I really got into Bad Bunny and actually started listening to his music and like listening to the story he was telling and his creativity and just thinking outside the box. And um, it was something I could relate with him a lot because the majority of the things that he was singing about or like vibing with was growing up in Puerto Rico the way that we did. You know, the Spanglish, the, the environment, the family and like those values and um, just the culture of Puerto Rico in general. So it, it, it was really cool to see how he evolved just, and I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do next. Yeah. But right now he's in that phase where he needs to refocus. Okay. I love, I love that. What you just did. You have room. Well, I mean, not that I don't think anyone listening to you over the course of all this time would think that you didn't have, but that you have, <laughs> thank you. You have room for redemption. For oh, humans. absolutely. Like, like you, okay, you're a little lost on your path. I see you. I see you. We've all been there. But like, come on, get back. Yeah. Get, get back. You just got to, you got to refocus. You got to regain that intention. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, why, why did you start doing this? One why of are my you doing favorite this? sayings is pause for the cause. Pause for the cause. Yes. Overwhelmed. Like not sure what to do. Pause. Take a step back really think about it like don't just keep on going and going and going to see what's going to happen really take a pause for yourself give yourself time to think i think on that note we should end this (laughs) that was beautiful Good. Thank you so much for coming here and, and doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're 
1000%. Listen, I know you want to get out of here and go back to Richmond, <laughs> but you're going to have to come visit your family. And when you do, you yeah, you got to pop over here more often. We got to do this again. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Peace. I appreciate you all. And I love you. Thank you.